This is episode 76 of How to Human. In episode 75, I talked about how there are conservative men who are opposed to feminism such that they lash out. And it is part of their worldview that they are so anti-feminism and the ideals that it preaches that they are particularly nasty and difficult and push against the ideas that feminism is trying to put into our culture. They feel that they're being forced to think, act, and say things that they don't believe or things that are bad for society or for them and their families and their community. And in what will be probably a controversial podcast, I want to talk about what that is that they're pushing against and why they're pushing against it without giving my opinion on it and being as neutral as I can be. I should start by acknowledging that a pushback against feminism isn't some kind of new thing. Men have been doing it since the beginning and that's just clinging to the status quo and understanding that they were comfortable with, and by they I mean men, and changing that in ways they were uncomfortable with. I mean, yeah, I think we can take the patriarchal response that it necessarily lessened their power. The power balance would shift if there is a level of power and it's finite and the extent to which women gain more power, women or men lose power. If it's a zero-sum game, and on a level, it is. And that was a lot of the pushback. So I'll start with first-wave feminism. And the idea there was it was mostly about the right to vote. And the subtext of that is that women are human beings with opinions, which I can't argue with that. I don't think anybody would, except Ann Coulter. She's made two jokes on two different occasions that women shouldn't have the right to vote. That notwithstanding, she's just whatever she is, uh, a person who is just trying to create controversy, most likely. I don't think she thinks that. That notwithstanding, that is a fight that at this point in time, right? And in the late 19th century and early 20th century, I mean, that was a legitimate debate that people were having. I'm not saying it's legitimate in terms of it should have been had, but people were having it and people landed on both sides and eventually they fell on the right side of giving women the right to vote. But my point is, why would men fight that? Why would men be against the legitimification of women as human beings with opinions. Well, I mean, it would mean they weren't property and they were right on some level that it was a the beginning of a trend to move towards equality and with equality a power structure difference. And maybe it was just similar to the 
gun control argument that if we start implementing any regulation, then eventually more regulations will come. And if we start the women's movement, if we give them some power, more power will come over time. Like that, that's the only way I can justify any kind of argument against women's suffrage. And that was the beginning of first wave feminism. And then second wave feminism was mostly about women being equals in the work workplace. We are not just mothers and secretaries. And that's a hard one to fight also. It is, I, I gather that men who were against that as that came up, and we're mostly talking about the 60s here, when second wave feminism really took hold. And I mean, it went beyond the 60s, but it started in the 60s in that men were uncomfortable being underneath women. They weren't used to it. And to the extent that was a change in the world that they saw it in the way that they had to be subordinate to women. It was a change. The logic here is that it was a change. Men had never been subordinate to women before in their, in their history, and they resisted it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's logical. And that's the resistance there. And my judgment is that we've come a long way on that and that it is for most people in 2020, most men are fine being subordinate to women. Yes, there are challenges at times. And yes, there is still an element of women who feel they are not listened to and are passed over for promotion and not given the same, the same amount of respect. These things all exist too. And it's a spectrum between 0% respect and 100% respect. And by 100% respect, I mean full equal treatment in the workplace. And we're not at 100 and we're not at zero. And we're moving, we went from zero in let's say 1952 and we're moving towards 100 and we are on the way and it is still a problem but to say to not acknowledge the progress would be inaccurate and this isn't to say that there isn't there aren't still problems there are but we're making our best efforts and acknowledge it as a problem and we could argue yes do men acknowledge it's a problem or not yeah, there are a lot of men who don't. I agree with that. And we're still making progress. So men fought and continued to fight second wave feminism. And then in the late 80s, I think is when it was first, the term was first defined and became more popular, late 90s, but definitely 21st century, was third wave feminism. And the premise behind third wave feminism is that Gender norms as we define them are social constructs that are leveraged by men to keep women in inferior positions or train men to be things, to be, to have a personality that benefits them and 
to train women to have a personality that keeps them from succeeding in the same level. To the extent that we are promoting these ideas that will have different emergent effects. For example, men being more aggressive and women being more reserved, insecure, um, not wanting to make waves. These things are choices that culture and society make and we don't necessarily need to do that. Because the extent to which we do them, and we have a culture that rewards certain behaviors that are the ones that we teach to men, and by that I mean aggression, selfishness, hierarchical thinking. These are ways that we are diminishing the ability of women to be a part of society on a success level. And those roles that we create create a imbalance in relationships that people don't like and it makes it harder for women to navigate the society. And those aren't invalid opinions. Those are all things that are true. There are things that we teach men and women and they are a problem for creating society with equality and that is what third wave feminism is trying to accomplish. And so why would there be any pushback from men and some women? There are women who push back against third wave feminism as well. The answer would be that, and I think this is the summary, and I'll go into what this means in a second. Some people object to the idea that men are not head of household. And head of household means something very specific. And this is a non-workplace situation. This is in a heterosexual pair bond relationship that the man is the leader of the house. And why is that a non-negotiable idea for some people? And I think it's this. Head of household has a hard core. The core of the person is someone who must face evil. The person who is the physical and emotional backstop for the family. And in order to be the person who must confront all difficulty, that person needs to have a hard heart on some level. And the way we're biologically designed, this is the male argument that would push back against gender social construct, which is the third wave feminist primary idea. The pushback is, men are designed to have a harder heart than women. Women are designed to have a soft heart and men are designed to have a hard heart. And when we want to create full equality by removing gender norms, we are necessarily saying that 
Hearts can be hard or soft in either gender. And as we do that, that necessarily means that we will have women with hard hearts and men with soft hearts. And the third wave feminist argument would be, well, that's just who you naturally are. You can choose to be whatever you want to be. We're going to teach you both options and you will gravitate towards whatever works for you. And I would judge that the counter argument to that would be, while that's somewhat true, it is also true that because gender norms are partially socially constructed, it is a teaching mechanism we use to harden an already hard heart. It is possible to teach malleable people things that don't work for them and aren't authentic to their biology. And those who disagree with third wave feminism would say, we find it offensive that you want to teach inauthentic behaviors that don't align with a person's biology because you think you know better than we do about how gender norms work, gender definitions, gender, the way men and women get along with each other in the course of being human beings. And I'm being, this is hard to say, right? Because I, what I'm trying to say is that from the perspective of the people who are fighting third wave feminism, who think that it's a bridge too far, is that the traditional gender norms that third wave feminism is trying to do away with are valuable and not something that should be treated as optional. In the end, it is a power struggle. It is women and feminism seeking, in their view, equality, 50-50. And what men see is a degradation of their power, which they will fight against. I'm not saying it's right, I'm just saying it's logical. And in the course of this move, though, they do sense a restructure of society and culture. So in addition to teaching men to have soft hearts, there's also a reduction of the importance of the hierarchy that some men feel put off by. And it is what third wave feminists would argue is a culture of selfishness within men, and that's part of the hard heart that they want to reduce, not only in men as individuals, but the male culture overall. That selfishness is what they call part of toxic masculinity. And men understand that on some level. Selfishness is ugly. 
I think most men would agree with that. There is a level of selfishness that is completely inappropriate in society and that men should be removing. However, there's a level of selfishness and prioritization of one's own needs that is just human. And this goes back to my empathy logic arguments. If you have so much empathy, if you are so selfless that you end up prioritizing someone else's needs over your own, that is a soft heart. And the hard heart that men are, they tend to have biologically if we believe that gender is not entirely a social construct, because it is partially a social construct. It is, for sure. But there's a biological component too. And the biological component, Washington DC and sirens, the biological component does tend to make men have harder hearts and be more selfish and be more hierarchical. And on some level, men don't like being told to behave ways that are inauthentic to them. It just doesn't feel right to them and they push back against it. And they don't like being told how to feel. But that's tough because what if how they feel is inaccurate? It's really complicated. What I really wanna get into is why do men push back against feminism? That's what the real goal here is. And in 2020, the answer is men don't like women telling them what to do. That's, that's the end of it. It actually does go back to that. If women were telling them what to do and it aligned with their wants, needs, and goals, that might not be a problem. But overall, they reject the idea that women know better than they do about a set of characteristics, and they object to the idea that they don't have a say in it, that they are being dictated to. That's probably the crux of it, is that they are being dictated to. And there's a reflexive bounce back against that being dictated to. And it, it is partly about the fact that men don't like to listen to women. And I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying it exists. Therefore, it's logical. And there is an element of men thinking, well, is everything I'm hearing true enough that I need to follow it? And to the extent that there, there are things that they disagree with, particularly in, it's been that way through the whole time, right? That the thing that they disagree with is the loss of power. And so I can understand why women would think that is an invalid reason to disagree with it because it is, equality is what men should agree to because women and men are equals. If men and women are equal, then equality should be the goal. Therefore, men shouldn't have a problem with women seeking equality and the structures they want to create to make that happen. 
However, men are, and men hate being dictated to in the course of women saying, here's how we create equality. And on a level, men want a say in it. But men generally don't believe in equality the same way that women do. That is a judgment, and that is my judgment. And I believe biology bears out to this, that men are more hierarchical and women believe in a flatter hierarchy slash egalitarianism, just biologically. The same reason that, as I stated in episode 75, men are more into a less regulated online system and women are more into a regulated system, a political correct system, politically correct system where there is more protection for the weak or the vulnerable and people who need, let me say this succinctly, egalitarianism would want for there to be, yeah, no pain. A hierarchy is pain. Men, my judgment, are competitive. They are hierarchical and women are less so. And because men are more hierarchical, they understand that true equality isn't really the goal that we need to shoot for in society. But women, of course, want that because they are on the wrong end of the hierarchy because of 10,000 generations of men treating women like property or some other form of marginalization, which still exists today. So it's complicated, but why do men push against it? It's that simple. Men don't like being dictated to. And there aren't... It, I mean, it's more than that, right? They, they also don't agree with the policy. They don't agree with the way things are going. They don't want to... They like to have their own male opinions on things. And what feminism does is it forces men to have opinions that are not their own. That's the dictation, is that feminism is saying Here's how it is. We say, because we have a policy, we have a, an ideology that is crucially important to us, and it is a societal change that we say should happen. And I'm not saying they're right or wrong about it, but I'm saying that's what, they, what feminism says, is that these are cultural changes that we wish to make. And that is, it's forcing an agenda. And men don't like having restrictions. Men don't like being told how to think, say, and feel. And I'm not saying what they're being told to think, feel, and say is right or wrong. I'm just saying they don't like it. They don't like being told. And you could say, well, feminists might say, well, they're wrong about this because these are things they should think, say, and feel. Okay, maybe. Um, I don't 
necessarily disagree or agree with that. I, it is logical for them to want that because they have an agenda. They have an agenda of equality. And men have an agenda of wanting to hold on to their power and not be dictated to. And that flies in the face of feminism. And so that's our impasse. That's why some men are, they object to femi feminism reflexively because it is an assault in their view on their freedom to think, see, think, say, and feel how they want and believe, believe what they want. Let's think. So this was a bit disjointed, probably not as fluid as I would have liked. I can do that better and I will in the future. But that's the end of this episode of How to Human. I want to add an addendum to this podcast. I made the comment that men prefer to be hard-hearted or that's what some feel. And that kind of goes into the toxic masculinity box that society feels that men are in. And it isn't what I meant to convey. This is why I need to talk carefully about this. I have a phrase that I use that men are kind by choice, not by nature. And what that means is that men are perfectly fine being sweet and caring and loving and empathetic and have no need for that overly stoic thing to exist all the time. But underneath, there is a need to know and have an ability to turn on a stoic coldness if it's required. And that is when the chips are down, when there's a physical threat, when there is an emotional threat to the family. Somebody needs to be unemotional and do the hardest things that exist. And the person who is the leader, the person who is the backstop of the family unit, that is the person that has that coldness and darkness available to them, the hard-heartedness. It doesn't have to display itself all the time. There's certainly room for being fun and playful and all those things. I do it every day. And the point I'm trying to make is that I don't want my comments about being hard-hearted to be misrepresented as a need for the completely stoic, unemotional man. That isn't what I meant in one of the things that men believe is one of the things that feminism is fighting to take away. There is a nuance that isn't discussed very often, which is the idea that there are three things a man can be. He can be hard-hearted and unemotional. He can be soft-hearted and be nice at his core and just a sweet person by nature. And then there's the third option, which is what I'm trying to convey, is the 
hard-hearted option that knows the world isn't a nice place and that there's going to be battle, physical and emotional. And in order to engage in that physical and emotional battle, there has to be a darkness there. And the darkness exists. And on top of that is a bunch of love and creativity and sweetness and happiness and all the other parts. But there is the boundary setting, do or die part of a man that exists in that third idea I'm talking about. And so when I say men are hard-hearted, I'm talking about the third option here. And I'm not trying to convey that it is the right option. I'm saying that in the judgment of men who are pushing back against a feminist redefinition of what men are by saying gender is a completely a social construct and thereby getting rid of men who are hard-hearted, my definition that I just gave, that's what they're pushing back against. The idea that soft-hearted is preferred over kind by choice, not by nature. Kind by choice, not by nature is what, in my judgment, the those who want to push back against a redefinition of men to be soft-hearted are really pushing back against. They want to make sure that we don't forget that part. Or they, they want to make sure that society doesn't forget that part, that men are kind by nature, not by choice. Kind by choice, not by nature. That's the end of this episode of How to Human.